Hallelujah. Give God the highest praise. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity, God. We thank you for this time of worship. Gosh, I hope you're standing. I hope you're, you're raising your hands right now. Can we just be in agreement all over the city, in our state, in our nation right now, wherever you're tuning in? Can we be standing together in reverence of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God? If you're able, can you stand with me? Can we stand together and say, God, I'm ready to stand. And having done all, stand in faith. Stand knowing that you are my Messiah. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my savior, my father, my friend. You are my all in all, my, my, the great I am. Lord, we thank you that we stand in faith. We stand against all the attacks of the enemy. We stand as intercessors, God, for those who don't know how to pray for themselves. We stand, God, Lord, in faith for those as proxy, for those who don't know how to stand in faith yet and don't know what faith looks like. Lord, we stand in faith. We stand knowing, God, Lord, that the enemy can't take us down. The enemy can't, not, the enemy can't conquer us. He can't defeat us. If my God be for me, who can be against me? And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And if I put on the whole armor of God, there's not an attack of the enemy that can take me because I am standing. Come on, let's stand and let's thank God that we can stand. We have the ability to stand. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word today. Lord, to accomplish the assignment in which you have me on. Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is going to bring into remembrance every word and every thought and every direction that you need to speak on today. And Lord, I pray that this word would go beyond even the confines of our structure of time and that it would go beyond our day into years to come and months to come and weeks to come, Lord, for people to hear and receive, Lord, to be ministered to in a whole new way. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're reaching into every home through the power of the Holy Spirit and the spoken word of God. And Lord, I pray that that word is going to never return void, but God, that word is being sown on good ground and it's gonna bring forth a harvest. And I pray, God, Lord, if there's anybody right now who's having a tough time receiving from God, that that stiffness would be broken that, that the hardness of heart would be shattered and Lord that we would be able to be opened up that our eyes Lord would be opened up that we might see what you have for us today and Lord I thank you for what you have done and for what you're going to do and I thank you for the opportunity and the honor to preach your word in Jesus name everybody said amen, amen. let's give God a praise you may be seated I'm going to do something a little different. Normally I read the word and then I go preach the word, but I'm just going to take it one scripture at a time today. And so I'm thankful just to have a moment with you. So open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Thank you very much for tuning in. Share this, like this, comment on this. I know I can see a ton of uh, comments right now. I, I can see a ton of people tuning in right now, sharing this right now, and making sure that there are more ministered to. In fact, if you want somebody's life to be blessed, if there's somebody that you love, tag them right now uh, because God wants to minister to them. And I want to I speak into their home uh, through the power of 
the Holy Spirit and speak into their life that the Lord may be moving in them and having his way in their life. And if they're in darkness, guess what? God's about to call them out into the light. If they've been trapped and stuck, God's about to get them unstuck and free them up today. Uh, I want to talk to you about the progression that we've been on since Easter. Easter, we talked about not remaining and not being stuck, not remaining at the cross and not being stuck at the tomb, but moving forward and, and being made alive in Christ because we weren't meant to dwell at the cross or dwell in the tomb. We were meant to dwell, the Bible says, in heavenly places. And so we could be living in heavenly places and in a tremendous victory cry from God if we allow him to make us alive again. So if you want to be made alive today, say a good amen or a hallelujah. Uh, I'm thankful you're tuning in. I mentioned on Wednesday night, and I'm going to mention it again because it's worth saying, uh, the comments below, on Facebook at least, have already pre-typed things in most of your phones. It shows amen and hallelujah. So for all of you who didn't know how to spell hallelujah, you could just click on hallelujah. And for all the people who are like, oh, that's how you spell hallelujah, and you've been typing it in differently... Click hallelujah right now because it's a wonderful thing when, the, when, when every, everything's taken care of for you and spelt out for you so you can look like you're super educated even though we know the difference, right? Uh, we're, we're thankful to be in the word today because right now we're talking about not being stuck, not remaining. And then we talked about how last week how we don't want to live in our coffin. We don't want to get stuck in a box, and the title of that message was Jack in the Box. And so I hope you listen to that. If you haven't, make sure that you tune in for that too. And then also, if you're just now tuning in, I know a lot of people tune in for the word. Make sure you rewind and watch worship uh, because worship is what you need. And sometimes we don't feel like worshiping and sometimes we don't feel like hearing the word. Sometimes we feel like only one or the other. And really, we're not led by our feelings. We need to be led by what we know. And the Bible says that we need to meditate on his word both day and night and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I need to worship God all the time. And I need to hear God all the time. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And so I'm thankful you're tuning in because we're going to get you out of that box. And today I'm continuing that. And we're going to get you off that step that you've been stuck on and get you to the next stride of life that God has for you. But sometimes these steps in our life, we've looked at them and we've made this step a sitting place rather than a standing place. Because this step is just a step. It's nebulous. So I can make it whatever I want. I can use it to sit on and stay. Or I can use it to stand on and walk through. So it's up to you what you use your steps for that are in front of you or that you're with. You need to choose your steps. Somebody say, I'm going to choose my steps. And we're going to get into more of that here in a second. But you need to choose what you're going to do with your steps. Sit or stand. And so with me here in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 is the next passage that the Lord brought me to. And it says, now they came to Jericho. So everybody say now. now. Before the triumphal entry and the process of going through all that Jesus was about to go to, he had one trip down one road one last time. And this last time that he was ever going to pass by there would be the only time. And this time right here, he came through Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, I want you to underline that, and a great multitude. 
So everybody say procession. We talked about that last week. Jesus had a procession. I talked about when, process, when processions collide. And what procession means is coming from somewhere to somewhere. And it also means the emanating or the coming forth of the Holy Spirit. That's the definition. The definition is the coming forth of the Holy Spirit. The emanating of. So now you hear the procession, you hear all of these people, the disciples, and you hear the crowd, the multitude following Jesus, and now they're getting ready before they enter into Jerusalem. They're going down the road of Jericho. And then before we get there, he says, a blind Bartimaeus. Everybody say, blind Bartimaeus. The title of my message today is Blind Bart. Last week was Jack in the Box. This week is Blind Bart. And Blind Bart is the son of Timaeus. Now pause right there. We haven't gotten through the first verse yet, but I need to teach this. Um, when you hear a man's name or a person's name in the Bible, it's important because not everybody that Jesus healed had a name. There are a lot of blind people that Jesus healed that have no name in the Bible. And there are a lot of people lame that Jesus healed had no name. There were a lot of people of sons and daughters had no name. There was a woman with the issue of blood who had no name. There were people who had no name in the Bible. So when there's a name in the Bible, there's an importance to it. And the importance here is that this young man was of a family of influence because not only did he have a name, but he, they knew where he come, he came from. So now they knew what house he came from. So this young man wasn't just a nobody. This man was a man of influence. Everybody say influence. He was born into a great family. I wonder if, if, if like many parents that when the, they knew they were pregnant and they were getting ready to have this baby, they had a lot of plans for this baby. And the plan was, oh, he's going to be great. He's going to be awesome. He's going to do amazing things. He's going to do incredible stuff. But what happens when your position in life doesn't meet your condition of life? Because sometimes your position will be contradictory to your condition. Remember when I talked about when you change your position, you'll change your condition because then Jesus can heal your condition because sometimes we're born into a place where we feel like I'm going to do something great with my life. I'm going to do something good with my life. We start off that way, but sometimes the conditions of life are contradictory to what we feel we were birthed in the position of life for. Come on. Is anybody hearing me? Sometimes you, you were born into feeling I'm going to do something great with my life, but you were born into a poor family. You felt like I'm going to be an influential person but you were born in obscurity and knew nobody and your family was nobody. Sometimes you feel like I was going to do something and build something great, but you were of a family who hasn't accomplished anything and your condition doesn't match your position because the purpose for which God birthed you into this world may feel like it's not meant to be. Like, God, what did you put me here for? Why am I here? I don't have all that I need. Look at me. I'm struggling. I'm blind. I'm blind Bart. What, do you, what am I going to do? Because now I'm blind, now I've got to beg. And because I'm a beggar, I've got my little cup. Everybody say my cup. I got my little cup and I got my little coat. And I got my cup and I got my coat. 
And I'm blind Bartimaeus, and this is who I am, and this is what I have. And every day I come out to my step, and I sit down, and I use my step to shake my cup and wear my coat because this is who I am. Because this tells people what I need, and this tells people who I am. And I would just want to sit here on this step, and I want to remain seated when I should be standing because my condition doesn't match my position. And so now, I, because I don't have everything's not worked out the way I thought, I don't feel like standing anymore. Because do you, do you imagine that blind Bartimaeus, the, maybe the first few times he went out to his step and was standing with his cup and his coat? But after a while, it kind of got a little tired and he continued to shrink down and he continued to shrink down until he just sat down and said, this is just who I am. And he began to allow the affliction to become his purpose. And now my affliction has become my identity and it's become who I am because this is just how it's always going to be. And so we see him suffering by the road. The Bible says sat by the road begging. So he sat down. I wonder how many people are stuck and seated when you should be standing. You're, you're sitting down on your purpose instead of standing for your purpose. You're allowing the condition to really control your position rather than the other way around. My position, somebody needs to, where are my preachers in the house? My position as a son of God will always trump whatever condition that I may face. So I need to know who I am and the position I have in Christ so that no matter what I face, in, no matter what condition, comes against me I know where I should be standing because my condition shouldn't over overrule my position your position in the kingdom is much you are a son and a daughter of the most high God can I preach to somebody's home today who doesn't know your identity you don't know who you are you don't know why you were born you don't know what this conditions of the world has done to you and they've transformed you and tried to make you something different and they put a coat on you and a cup in your hand and told you sit down this is who you are that is not who you are you are a daughter you are a son of the living God and you you are not meant to be seated you are meant to be standing because something is coming your way and you got to be ready for what's coming so jesus all of a sudden we hear when he heard verse 47 that it was jesus of nazareth let's just pause right there you better underlined now he heard when he heard the blind man heard. Now I'm going to say it again. The blind man heard. When you stop complaining about what you lost and looking at what you have left, you'll start realizing that you still got something to use because the blind man heard. Don't let your focus be on what you've lost, but be focused on what you have left. Don't focus on who, who, who's not with you anymore. Don't focus on who's abandoning you. Don't focus on how things are going right for you and your job has been taken from you and loved ones have died and all this has been taken and you're just left alone. No, no, hon. You need to focus on what you, when we, all these restrictions have come in, have you started to realize that we start focusing on what we really have? 
What do we have left? Because usually what you have left is what God wants to use the most. It was just a little bit of oil and meal that the prophet wanted to use, but it was all she had left. It was just a sling and a stone, but it's all he had left. And he overcame the giant. All he had was a stick and he had the axe head float, but it's all he had left. Sometimes all you have left is all he needs. But you need to realize that you do have something left. You do have something to use. Yeah, your blindness has been taken from you. Your sight has been taken from you, but you still got your hearing, baby. And last time I checked, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. Somebody give God 10 seconds of praise and know that faith comes by hearing and I need to use what I've got left instead of complaining about what I've lost. Because I love to talk about what I've lost. I love to talk about what everybody took and what everybody did. I love to talk about all the things that they didn't do right for me. I love to talk about how I didn't grow up in a good home. I love to talk about how I not, nothing in my life was that perfect or maybe life was actually really good for me and I've never really faced anything difficult. So really now I'm so focused on just all of the surface level stuff. I don't realize the depth that I actually have because I don't realize what I've got left. Because I'm only focused on what I didn't have because I'm always looking at what others have. And if I'm always looking about what others have, then I'll never hear. You could talk, preach about the hearing all day long. What he heard. What he, he heard that Jesus was coming. Uh, can I tell you, he heard. Every day up until this point, he's always been focused on what he didn't have. But on this day, he was focusing so much on what he had and what he had left that when he heard that Jesus came, because he heard, he knew that it was his day. And I'm here to tell somebody that the day that you've been praying for is today. The day that you've been hoping for is today. The day that you've been longing for that you need to hear is today because you've been telling everybody, oh, one day I'm going to get my sight back. Oh, one day uh, life is going to be good. Oh, one day I'm going to get married. Oh, one day I'm going to have kids. Oh, one day I'm going to have my finances in order. One day you're not going to know me as the crazy beggar who screams on the side of the street. Y'all thought me to be crazy, but one day, today my day is coming and my marriage is coming back together. One day my kids are coming back home. One one day it's all coming to happen and he was ready enough to hear that that day had come are you ready to hear because all he needed even though he had nothing is all he needed was to hear because the blind man heard the blind man heard that Jesus was coming and after he heard that Jesus was coming, you should hear what he did. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm going to pull the mic away so I can yell a little bit. Son of David, have mercy on me. He screamed it. Why did he need to scream it? There was a multitude. Oh, let's go back to but he heard. When he heard, he heard all the people. Can you imagine being a blind man? If I took everything, if I, if you lost your sight today in your home and wherever you are, and if you cl close your eyes, close your eyes right now, everybody. Okay. If you had to, 
wherever you are, get up, get out of your home, fully dressed, and, and, and get in your car and drive. Could you get, how, how long would it take? Would you be able to? Would you remember the furniture, the door? The, do you remember how to get in the car and, and which way to turn when you back up? You've done it a million times. How do you not know? If I was to take away all, but if, if, if I took all that away, I, I guarantee the sense of your sound would grow and you would take your time. I do this little test with uh, couples who say, hey, would you marry us? And I say, okay, we're going to do premarital counseling. Uh, and so when we do premarital counseling, I say, okay, we're going to blindfold one of you and the other one's going to give instructions. Who wants to do what? And so I let them choose and I, we blindfold one and with the other one, gives instructions. I put them at point A. They got to get all the way to point Z and they got to wind their way through stuff. And one's got to direct the other. And I'm telling you every time, this is a test of trust and communication. And so you watch how much these couples trust or don't trust or communicate or they don't know how to communicate well. And they blindly walk through. And it's amazing how they, they pay attention to every word and they're listening for how far away their spouse is. And, and they begin to, to gingerly move through. And, and, and let me just tell you, when I hear about this blind man sitting by the road as disciples and Jesus, the procession of light starts coming through. I know he can hear the hustling and the bustling of the crowd. And, and I wonder if he first began to say, oh, I bet they're having a great time. I bet it's really good for them. I bet something great is happening before he heard about Jesus I bet he heard good things I bet he heard positive stuff and I wonder how many of us hear about the way other people are living and we think it's better than what we have and so then we start comparing it because if you haven't figured it out by now, you're blind too because we've all been blind at some point and we all have blind spots. It's up to us whether or not we acknowledge them or not because you, to foolishly think that you don't have blind spots is to ignorantly live. But to understand that I have blind spots and no, I can't really see how people are living when I hear about how good their marriage is, when I see, when I hear about it on Facebook or, and I, and, cause that's really hearing you're not seeing and I get to see a picture and I, I get glimpses of other people's kids behaving perfectly during quarantine and all this other stuff I think everybody else's life is better than mine and so you could easily be the person who sits on your step and you begin to just get bitter and you begin to get resentful because everybody else's life sounds better than yours and this blind man is sitting here listening to the crowd and listening to the multitude and listening to the disciples. They just got through healing and delivering and ministering. And this procession, this parade of life and light is coming through. And all he can do is hear how good everyone else has it. And I wonder if anybody's been stuck so long that all you've done is you've only had the quality of listening to others keep moving as you remain stuck where you've always been because other people's lives seem to keep moving forward while you only get to hear what others do. 
And so you sit here and you compare and we compare each other's lives and we compare. And normally I'm going to be, if I'm blind, I'm going to be next to other blind people because other blind people at least can sympathize with my blindness because I don't want to be satisfied. I just want sympathizing because usually in our affliction and dysfunction, I don't want somebody to fix it. I want somebody to sympathize with it. I want somebody to sympathize with my bitterness. I want somebody to sympathize with my anger. I want somebody who'd be like, oh yeah, I hate them too. Or I want somebody is, I want somebody to be drama with me. I want somebody to be hateful with me. I want somebody to be crazy and weird with me. I want somebody to be super religious with me. I want somebody to be self-righteous with me. I, I want the sympathy. I want sympathy. I don't want satisfaction because satisfaction means transformation. And so I, 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 if you're not careful, you could sit here, shake your cup and sit here with your blind cloak on and say, oh man, they must have it great because the blind man heard. He couldn't see. But what you don't see is that marriage that you thought was perfect is really falling apart. What you thought that those kids that behave like little angels are really not angels. And, and what you thought about, like all of the other, their success in their businesses, and you, it looks like they're wealthy because of the vehicles in the home, but they're in so much crushing debt, they're about to lose everything. What you hear is never what you see, because what you see becomes the reality. And you need to understand that while you can't see everybody, you're not meant to see. See, some things in your moment where you are being touched by God and ministered to by God, He doesn't want you seeing what others have because then the comparison will just be even worse he needs you to focus on because what the, this blind man is about to do is not talk about anybody outwardly or something he wants outwardly but something he needs inwardly and i wonder if any of us are so brave enough to not ask god to do something outwardly but inwardly where we're not trying to remove the speck out of somebody else's eye, but the plank in our own. If I can get the blind spots healed in my life, then I can actually function in my life instead of just ignoring them for the rest of my life. And so God wants to heal you. God wants to transform you. God wants to change you. But he says this, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then, then, then many warned him to be quiet. Let's pause right there. First off, he's calling out to Jesus, but then the Christ doesn't respond. The critics do. What do you do when the critics are louder than Christ in your life? That you hear the critics so loudly that you, it overwhelms the ability to hear that Christ is near and you, you can't hear because so many, what we call haters are speaking towards you and about you and trying to crush you and get you to shut up be silent don't pray we don't worship god like that hey would you be quiet we don't praise jesus like that in this place hey would you hey our house isn't like that that save that stuff for church and that wild bridge church that worships jesus all weirdly no 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 don't get, get, keep quiet over there and the critics want to continually quiet you but he doesn't even respond to the critics. Can I talk to the people who respond to your critics way too much? And, and you're so focused on the critics that you don't even know that Christ is there. That I, I, I want to talk to just the critics and I want to talk to all the naysayers and haters and drama people and the people who don't like me, the people who don't agree with me, the people who keep telling me to be quiet. Look, I'm here to tell everybody who doesn't like me, I don't have time for you. I'm not even going to waste my breath on you because I am not here for you. I am not calling out for you. I am not crying for you because what he had to do in that moment, that 
blind man is he had to set his cup down so that he could let the cry come from him. But if he'd have just let the cup make all the noise with the jingling inside, the cry could have never come from him. And I wonder how many times that the crowd of criticism has silenced the cry for Christ in your life. That every time you begin to cry out for Jesus, the crowd tells you to shush and you just back down and you quiet down and you shut up and you silence up and you don't want to say anything that will be controversy or passionately about Jesus because you're just going to get back to jingling your cup. Don't let the critics quiet your cry. You need to cry to God because that's the best part. When they told him to be quiet, he didn't even talk to him. When they told him to shut up, he didn't even address him. When he when they when they start a whole crowd starts speaking against him and he doesn't even acknowledge them. The Bible says he cried out all the more. He began to cry out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Who needs mercy today? Who needs a cry to come from you? When was the last time that a cry did come from you? Because the cry that came from him was so powerful. The cry that came from him was so powerful. Jesus stood still. When was the last time that God stopped and stood still? Because you stood up finally. When was the last time that God stopped and stood still to hear the cry that was coming from you? Because the world couldn't silence you. The devil couldn't shut you up. But now because the cry went all the more, I began to worship God more. I began to praise Jesus more. I began to shout more, clap more, yell more. I began to cry out more. And when I did, I caught the attention because the praise of his people will catch the attention of God. There is a praise within you that will cause God to stop and stand still. It was the cry that caused the sun to stand still. It was the call and the cry from David, even though there was critics, that he still said, I'm still going to worship. I'm going to get crazier. I'm going to be more indignant. I'm going to keep worshiping God more extravagantly, and you can't stop me because this worship isn't for you. This worship is for him. This cry is for him. This call is for him. I'm not asking. I'm not talking to you. Oh, and let me, can I just talk for a little, preach a little bit more here? Because when he cries out to Jesus the first time, they try to silence him. He cries out to Jesus the second time. Jesus stands still. But he didn't cry out to the disciples who represent the, the, the church, the pastors, the leaders. He didn't cry out to the elders and the deacons. He didn't complain, hey, you, you church, why don't you, what are you doing to help me? I'm sitting over here begging and there's all of you walking by and none of you have given me anything. Oh, hey, church, why haven't you done something for me lately? Hey, church, why haven't you helped me lately? Hey, church, hey, pastor, why have you been trying to come and visit with me lately? Hey, pastor, why haven't you had coffee with me lately? Hey, church, hey, disciples, you're supposed to be followers of Christ. Why don't you act like it then? But we want to be hateful because we think that the focus is on the pastors in the church rather than the Christ of the church. And so we're so focused on the disciples, we forgot that we're crying out to critics rather than, you don't need to cry out to the church, you need to cry out to the Christ. And the Christ is standing before you, but most of us ignore him because we'd rather be critical back to the church. 
I, 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 we've got to get rid of this. And then, then or, or what about the crowd, the Christians? Oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. Walking by. You're supposed to be a Christian. Doing this, giving this. You know, the main mandate that we have is first love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. And really above that, then I love my neighbor as myself. But if I haven't worked this out first, honey, you don't want me working this out. You, you want me here first. So quit asking me to do something that I shouldn't be doing because this is what I'm meant to do. The crowd wasn't meant to heal him. The disciples weren't meant to heal him. The church was not meant to heal you. The Christ was meant to heal him. And the blind man heard the critics. And the blind man heard. And the blind man heard. But the blind man only responded to who he knew was there. And even though he couldn't see, I know that Christ has shown up because this is my day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not going to let my Savior pass by and not cry out. I'm not going to let my moment pass by and not cry out. I'm not going to let my moment pass by and miss it. I'm going to cry out with everything I've got. I'm going to cry out with a voice of passion and triumph. I'm going to cry out to my Christ because I don't care what the crowd says. I don't care what the critics say. I need to do what Christ has called me to. And that's cry out to him with everything that I've got. And he cries out. But he had to put his cup down. Are you willing to put your cup of sympathy down? Are you willing to put your cup of pity down? Are you willing to put your cup of sad, a, a, a pacifying down? What, are you willing to put it down? Because once you finally decide to put that down, then there'll be a cry that can come from you. But as long as pacification stands before you, you'll never have a cry that comes from you because you're okay with a coin. You're okay like the beggar with Peter with silver and gold. But Peter said, you don't need silver and gold. You need a healing. You need salvation. You, you need to be delivered from things you don't even know. See, that's the other thing about this. This, this is the tricky part, Omar. <clears throat> How do you know you're blind? How do you know you have blind spots? How do you even know what those blind spots are? How, 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 how can... How can that be revealed to you? Now, if somebody came up to you and just told you you're blind and crazy, probably not going to go over well. But if God showed up in your life and said, there's an ailment in your life, wilt thou be made whole? Then you can say, okay, God, there's an area in my life that's not functioning right. Well, can I invite Christ in so that he will fix the areas I don't know about? Fix the areas I cannot see. Fix the things I do not know. God will do it. Every time. God will heal. God will deliver. God will save. Jesus is showing up. This is your day. You don't have to stay seated. You can be free. And this is the best part. Listen. <clears throat> it says Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Omar, come up here real quick. Glenn, come up here real quick. <clears throat> You're going to be the crowd. You be the blind man right up there. Go sit down on the step. So this is the crowd and the critics who criticized him. He's right there. Jesus says, hey, 
all of you, you tell him, I want to talk to him. You, you go, the very people that thought you were my voice of a critical spirit to the people who are crying to me, you are the very critical people who will become the cheerleaders for the people who cry. And you're going to go tell them the good news because I'm going to turn your critics into your cheerleaders. And I'm going to make the very people who thought they could stop you start cheering for you. The people who thought they could keep you from the good news now share your good news. And now this guy, the same people who criticize are going to have to go and say, hey, <clears throat> you know, be of good cheer. He wants to heal you. He wants to save you. And so the very critics, I'm telling somebody needs to hear this. Don't pay attention to me losing my voice. God will give me the strength to get through this whole sermon. But the very critic that is trying, the very critic that is trying to stop you, if you continue to ignore the critic and call on the Christ, the critic will become the cheerleader. And the cheerleader will have to promote your well-being. The cheerleader will have to deliver your good news. The cheerleader, this critic, is going to be the one who has to. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. They're going to be the one that have to deliver the promotion news, the upgrade news, the, the debt-free news, the, the healing news, the deliverance news. All of a sudden, they're going to have to speak this to you. So somebody who's got a critic out there, I want you to stop focusing on them and start focusing on the Christ. And just as a preemptive praise, I want you to give God 10 seconds of praise. Come on. I want you to give God a preemptive praise. A preemptive praise that those critics are about to become your cheerleaders. Thanks, you two. You may be seated. So then what happens? <clears throat> this is what happens next. I love this part. They say, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. And then in verse 50, this is what happens. I want you to watch the process because we love to rush through Scripture and never really understand it. The Bible says that he was sitting there and crying out. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, he had to put his cup down. He's still blind. They said, be of good cheer. He's calling you. Your healing is calling you. He's not healed yet, but he's wearing this garment that says, this is who I am. He's wearing a garment that says, I'm a blind man. I'm afflicted. I, I, this, is, this is my garment of, that identifies who I am. And slowly... He begins to take off the garment. He's not healed yet. All he knows is Jesus is calling. And he begins to take off the garment that says, this is, I'm a blind person. I'm an afflicted person. And the Bible says he rose and took off his garment, threw it off and said, I'm not going to be known by my pride anymore. I'm not going to be known by my envy anymore. I'm not going to be known by my jealousy anymore. I'm not going to be known by my anger anymore. I'm not going to be known by my, I'm not going to be known by the flesh anymore, by my blindness and my affliction. And he says, here we go. I'm going, I'm walking to my savior and every step he's walking towards him he's blind 
And yet we think the only way I can get rid of who I was is if God fixes who I am. But God is calling who you are into his arms so that you can become who he called you to be. God is calling you. He's calling you to take off that old garment. He's calling you to take off that old garment that identified you as a, as a person who just sat there bitter, judgmental, comparing and hearing other people's lives, hearing and, 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 and the person who cast judgment against the disciples in the church, the person who just cast dispersion and decide against the Christians and the followers of Christ, the person who just sat there embittered and wanted to be pacified instead of really satisfied. That same person who is afflicted now needs to take off the garment that you used to wear every day of your life because this is the day that the Lord has shown up for you to Today is your day. Now is your time. This is the hour of the Lord. And God is calling you to stand up. That step wasn't meant for sitting. That step was meant for standing. And when he stood and he made strides towards Christ, Jesus says, wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And, and, and I'm asking you the same question. Do you want to get your sight? Do you want to see the things that other people see that you can't? Do you want to see the things that, uh, where you've had blind spots because of how you were raised, uh, because of how you were treated, because of the way you were brought up, because of what you were, the condition that life has given you to redefine the position that he has for you? Do you want to be made whole? I can't sit here and list every single one of them for you. But you have to be bold enough to say, I have blind spots too. I want to be made whole. I want a cry that comes from me. I, I want a cry that puts my cup down. I want a cry that causes me to take my garment off because the only way that you can get to his glory is by taking off that old garment the, taking off the old garment allows you to put on his glory and when you put on his glory that's when the healing of God comes into your life and he says yes I want to receive my sight and he said you've been made whole <clears throat> if I can you know a lot of parts of scripture teach about how he heals people Sometimes he spit in the mud and then he would put it in their eyes. Sometimes he'd lay hands on them. Sometimes he'd lay on them. Sometimes he'd breathe into them. This doesn't give us how. Can I tell you the how doesn't matter as much as the why? That why you need to be healed is much greater than how he heals you. And that God, you, you don't need to ask for a specific way for him to heal you. You just need to know that you need to be healed and let that cry come from you and let it cause you to stand up. And when you stand up, make strides towards Christ and not and move right through your critics, move right through the crowd, right to the Christ. And when you get there, that's when he's going to say, let's make you whole again. Let's heal those blind spots. Let's deliver you from this so you're no longer. And the Bible says that he followed him he said you can go your own way go ahead go your own way and the bible says that blind bart followed him followed him 
And that's the call of each and every one of us is to get off our step, to stand and make strides towards Christ right past our critics. And as you do, you're going to be made whole. And when he makes you whole, it's not so that you can leave and go back to. It's so that you can follow through. It's so that you can follow through with him. And you can take the journey with him. That you can take the trip with him. That you can make this your day. And don't let this day pass. Don't let this day pass and say, oh God, you know, well, one day. No, today. Today's your day. Today's your chance. I want to pray with you. And I want you to receive this message, this powerful word. This powerful word that's a procession of light. That the procession of light would come into your life and darkness would fade. You've been living with blind spots too long. And, and living in denial doesn't help you either. But I think every single person under the sound of my voice needs to hear this and, and say and pray with me, God, heal me of my blind spots. Heal me of my blindness. There are areas in my life that I don't even know because I can't see. It, that's the, the plus and the negative of your own eyes is you can only see everyone else, but you can't see yourself. But that's why he says, I'll put a mirror up so that you can see who you really are. But if I can help even further than that, he said, I created you in my image and I'm the one who fearfully and wonderfully made you. And if you'll turn to me, I'll tell you exactly what you look like. I'll tell you what you need. I'll show you the areas that you need healing from. But we got to turn to him. And even in our affliction, we can't let other people silence our cry. We can't let the enemy tell us to be quiet anymore. I wonder if anybody, even before we pray, if you've ever really praised God, because you've never really praised God and cried out to God until it's gotten on somebody's nerves. And when it finally gets on somebody's nerves, that's when you know you're really praising God. That's when you know you're really worshiping. That's when you know you're really giving it your all because you're finally saying, I don't care what everybody has to say. I don't care what they gotta do. I don't care what happens. I don't care. I got to cry. I need Jesus. I need Christ. I need the word of God. I need a healing over here, Jesus. I'm on my step. I want to move towards you, but I need you to call me. Call me, Jesus. Cry. I'm crying out to you. Call me to you. Let the cry come from you that, that just makes other people nervous. Makes other people get all crazy. And let that cry emanate from your house, emanate from your living room, because this is the procession of light. And as soon as you allow this procession to come into your home, darkness has to go. Blindness has to fade. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for every life and every heart and every home. And I pray right now, God, Lord, that you would minister, minister to every heart because we need to hear. We need to hear, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. 
And Lord, we've heard the word. We know that you're here. Help us to ignore the critics and the crowd. And let us call on Christ. And let the cry that comes from us cause us to put our cup down. If you've got your cup in your hand still and you think you need to be pacified, I'm telling you, today is your day that you no longer need it. You don't need to be pacified anymore. You need to be satisfied by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is here. God has shown up. And now that he's here, you don't need that cup. All you need is a cry from who you are. And when you cry out to the Lord with a voice of triumph, Son of David, have mercy on me. All of a sudden, he stands still. Let the cry that comes from you cause God to stop in his tracks because you put your cup down finally. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we're going to put our cup down and we're going to stand up and we are going to ignore the critics. We're not going to talk to the critics. We're not going to be critical back to the critics or judgmental or bitter. We're not going to hear what's happening in other people's lives and wish it was ours. We want our sight. I don't want their miracle. I don't want their touch. I don't want their healing. I want my healing. And my healing doesn't come from talking to them. It comes from talking to you. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we're calling on you. We're crying out to you. And you're going to be our healing. You're going to be our healer right now. And Lord, we're going to take off that garment. If you need to take off that garment, I want you to begin to just speak it. You need to take off your pride. You need to take off your arrogance. You need to take off your vanity. You need to take off your self-righteousness. You need to take off your bitterness. You need to take off your judgmental attitude. You need to take off your blindness, your affliction, your victim mentality. You need to take that off. You need to take off the fact that you may be wearing a garment that says, I'm the abuser. Take it off. You may be wearing a garment that says, I'm the abused take it off that's not who you are who you are is a son and a daughter of the most high and you've been wearing the wrong garment for far too long and I want somebody to just begin to say it I'm taking off my garment my healing and deliverance hasn't totally come but my savior is here I'm taking off who I used to be I'm taking off the old habits the old excuses I'm taking off the old identity I'm taking off what the world put on me I'm taking off what my family put on me I'm taking off what I've put on myself I'm taking it off and I'm coming out 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 because I'm taking it off And when I take it off, I'm making strides towards my Savior. As I move towards my Savior, my healing is coming. And just like the woman with the issue of blood, she fought through the crowd to get her touch. Blind Bartimaeus walked gingerly through the crowd, feeling his way through till he got to Jesus. And Jesus said, Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? If you want to be made whole, say, Jesus, I want to be made whole. I want to be made whole. Heal me of my blindness. Heal me of my blind spots. God, I've been blaming and saying it's you the whole time, but it's not you. It's been me just living in my blind spots and my arrogance. I've been making wrong turns and saying, oh, well, God wanted me to. No, 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 no. God didn't want you to make that wrong turn. He wanted to heal you of the blind spots that caused you to make that wrong turn. It was your flesh that did that, 
not your Savior. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. And Lord, help me see clearly who's standing before me. And as God heals you of those blind spots, you need to make a decision in your heart and in your life that I'm not going back my own way. I'm not turning another way. I'm going his way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, if you want to make Jesus the way, the truth, and the life for you, and you want salvation, you want deliverance, you want eternity in your life, now is your chance. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's when it comes. So I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. Make me whole. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, let's give him some praise. Hun, why don't you come up and join me? <clears throat> We're going to close this service with our declaration. And I thank you for tuning in. God's got a great, great, great future for you. And you need to stay locked into it. Now's your time where you get up off of your seat of excuse. And you stand and make strides towards your eternity. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. What a great word. Let's give it up for the word one more time. Praise God. We're praying for Pastor Landon's voice too. <laughs> Let's declare this together. Say, I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. We celebrate today. We celebrate what God is speaking to you. We love you and we'll see you next week. So glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today. Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected, because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam.